Children's Church. Can you do me a favor? If you're planning to go to Children's Church this morning, can you go ahead and come on up here? I know this is different, but it's okay. You guys come stand up here on this stage for me. I want you to look at these people. Now, if you stood up just a minute ago, if you have served or are serving our country, would you please stand? If you have been affected by those who have served, maybe it's a family member, a friend of yours that has served in the military, and it's touched your life, would you please stand? Look here, kiddos. You can live in this country today because of what has come before you. You have the chance to go to school, to eat food, to watch TV, to have fun and play at playgrounds, to have a family because of the sacrifices that these people have made. And I don't want you to ever forget that. And you need to tell them thank you for that. You have an incredible opportunity to live in this country because of these people that you're looking at. Okay? Now, I don't care what color your skin is. I don't care where you come from. You are privileged because you live in the United States of America. So let's set all this mumbo-jumbo aside and understand the fact that we live in this country and we have the privilege and the opportunity to do something incredible because of where we live. And we should never, ever forget that. God has chosen you to be the next generation to do something incredible. And don't ever forget that. Okay, kiddos, you guys can have a seat. Kiddos can go off to Children's Church. I just thought our kids needed to see the impact. The impact that your sacrifices have made for them to live where they live and do what they do. If you would, turn in your Bibles to the book of... We've been in the feet. We're right in the middle of a study of Ephesians. And it's been a great study. We're almost done. We're turning to, toward the last chapter... And next week is going to be the week that you don't want to miss, okay? So if you were going to play hooky in November, don't do it next week. Because we're going to talk about relationships in the home. Men and women, how do you act toward one another, all right? That's going to be a telling... Well, I'm going to stop. I'm not going to even finish that sentence. It's a week that you want to be here. So as we wrap up Ephesians over the next couple of weeks... It's going to be a great finish, and then we'll launch into the Christmas season. But today, we're going to be in the book of Galatians. I'll throw you a curveball. Go to Galatians chapter 5. Now, I know you guys have stood up this morning... And we've recognized you and honored you for your service. But if somebody can just shout it out here real quick. If you've served in the military, why did you choose to do that? Somebody help me. 
Tradition for your family? Why else? Protect. There we go. I didn't have a choice. I was drafted to protect our way of life. Now, for all of you who stood just a minute ago that have been affected by the military service, we can all agree that there is significant personal sacrifice that is involved in serving. Would you agree? Significant sacrifice. Not just family, not just time. Not effort, but in many cases, your life. This weekend, our country celebrates Veterans Day. Veterans Day is a holiday we set aside to honor those who have served in the armed forces. Now, regardless of the motivation for serving our country, it's an occupation that requires innumerable sacrifices from those involved. The example these men and women show us is a great picture of sacrificial service. Walk through those powerful words we just experienced on the video. What a great sacrifice. These men and women are heroes who left comfort and safety behind to protect and to fight for our freedom. We are grateful. Thank you for your courage, for your commitment, for your sacrifice, for country and freedom. We can proudly call ourselves Americans. We can humbly thank those who made sacrifices for our freedom. We can live a privileged life in this country. But my friends, do we have a greater responsibility? The example of service is a great picture of the sacrificial service God expects from His followers, a service modeled by Jesus Himself. Throughout his ministry and in his death, Jesus showed us what it means to serve others. And today, the love of Christ calls us to serve each other as he has served us. Today, I want to take a few moments to provide appreciation for those who have sacrificed much, as well as give a charge for my fellow believers in Christ to carry on the great responsibility of holding the banner of the gospel high in our communities. So if you would, turn to Galatians chapter 5, just a few verses I want to read to you, and we'll draw some application. Galatians 5, verse 13. For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you so much for your word. And as we set aside time and provide appreciation and thanksgiving for the sacrifices that have been made for us, Father, I pray that we would never forget the ultimate price that was paid for our freedom through your Son, Jesus. So, Father, today I pray that my words wouldn't be spoken but yours and that you would be glorified. Father, speak to our hearts and move in our midst. In your Son's name we pray. Amen. The Apostle Paul here in Galatians 5 spoke of the believer's freedom in Christ. In verses 13 through 15, he warned Christians of the danger that freedom provides. 
to satisfy fleshly, selfish desires that call for attention. We don't have that problem today, do we? We don't struggle with these issues of freedom to just satisfy the flesh. No. Instead, Paul directs Christ's disciples to follow their master's example in serving others through love. The principle here is that Christians are responsible to act in love toward each other, even in the midst of conflict. Regardless of the example that our culture provides as Christians, we must show a better way. It is critical that we demonstrate Christ-like service to others so they might see that true freedom comes not from focusing on themselves, but in giving themselves to God and to their neighbors. Guys, if we don't do it, who will? If we don't set the example for how to live, how to love, how to serve, then who will? Christians, are we waiting for the secular culture around us to take the lead? Or are we willing to stand up and lead the charge? Did Christ die for us in order for us to exercise our rights and reduce our lives to pursuing our selfish desires? Are we privileged now to live a life of entitlement and license and give in to various forms of addictions of the day? Our children are more likely to indulge in fleshly desires if we neglect to show them a better way to live. Paul wanted the church to serve and love one another because the law, when practiced in freedom, leads to love of God and others. The love of Christ calls us to serve each other as Christ has served us. Let's look at a couple of other passages as examples to help us understand what this type of service looked like. If you remember in John chapter 13, something significant takes place. Between Jesus and the disciples. Does anyone recall that off the top of their head? In John 13, Jesus provided an example of service by washing his disciples' feet. By washing their feet, Jesus taught that if you want to be the greatest, then you have to be the least. This teaching came in response to his disciples' skirmish over which of them should be deemed the greatest. You ever been around children who fight over who's better? We don't. You do that? I don't know if I've ever experienced that in my house. Your kids ever fight? Jesus, as he's walking and living with these disciples, he overheard a skirmish over who was the best. And his response was this story of him washing their feet. In this story, Jesus modeled humility by washing their feet. But his greatest demonstration of humility would come when he went to the cross. Laying down his life for us was a great act of love. His humble service and sacrifice fill the word love with meaning it is to have for us today. An old proverb says, Actions speak louder than words. And the Lord's willingness to wash the feet of his disciples, even Judas's, reflects servant leadership at its best. People who are familiar with first century culture will immediately recognize how socially inappropriate this behavior was. Never, never in Jewish, Greek, or Roman society would a superior wash the feet of inferiors. Yet Jesus did it. Guys, I think some of us today, because we're Christians and we hold that banner, we refuse to step down and serve others because it's socially inappropriate for us to do that. 
Shame on us. What does Jesus' example in this passage teach us about service? How does Jesus' example challenge you personally to servant leadership? Another passage of Scripture, Paul discusses this issue as Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility... Count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Jesus didn't merely serve others out of duty. He did so humbly and selflessly. Paul here pointed to Christ's love for others and his obedient service to God as examples for his Philippian believers. We are to live with an attitude of humility as we relate to others. With a healthy and balanced view of ourselves, we neither think too highly nor too little of ourselves. With that wholesome attitude, we can serve others effectively. The church's antidote for selfishness and divisions is an abiding concern for the welfare of others. Paul called the believers to take careful note of the concerns others hold. Such willing consideration of others erases the gap between individuals and builds a strong unity. Now as we conclude over the next few weeks our study in the book of Ephesians, we'll discover the blessing of submission. Even if you look at the end of chapter 5, you see that transition taking place. Verse 32, be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as, in, as God in Christ forgave you. And then we see the challenge to walk in love and to serve one another. In verse 21, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ as he initiates this discussion of relationships in the home. We're going to discover next week the blessing of submitting to one another, not out of oppression, but out of love. Submission to God and to one another is an incredible opportunity for us to show the gospel to the world around us. And tomorrow when we observe Veterans Day, I want you to take some time to think about the sacrifices that have been made for you. Those people who have come before you to ensure that you have the privilege to live to choose, to love, and to act. Remember, though, that with privilege comes responsibility. We each have a responsibility to carry the banner for the next generation, to carry the torch to ensure that the next generation has the opportunity to experience freedom. Now let me ask you a question. We hold patriotism high. But which should have the higher priority, country or Christ? My friend, why are we so willing to speak out concerning matters of country? Why are we so willing to fight for our citizenship and freedom in this land? Why are we so willing to live with pride and patriotism 
and then we turn around and live out our Christian faith in secret. Because of those who have come before us, we must carry the cause of Christ. We must be willing to be a hero who leaves comfort and safety behind. A hero who protects and fights for our faith. A hero who has courage, commitment, and sacrifice, not for country, but for Jesus. How do we do that? We do it together. By humbly serving one another and displaying the love of Christ through our lives. How can we demonstrate authentic humility as we serve one another this week? How can you practically live this out? Number one, you can run to a veteran and say thank you. But number two, you should display that Christian love to your brothers and sisters. Even to that person that you despise the most. That person who you struggle to love and seem to have issue with. Christian, if you won't lead the way, who will? What's one way this week that you can humbly serve, selflessly serve other people? Find an opportunity to do that. I know you guys won't neglect this opportunity. You are so willing to serve and reach out and help others. What an incredible privilege it is to be a part of this church. So I want to ask you to do a few things this week as we close. I'm going to ask you to pray for a few things. So if you have your pen and paper, you want to jot these down, you can do that. If you have recall and you can just recall it, that's awesome. If you're kind of glazed over and you're already asleep, good for you. All right. I want you to pray for these areas this week. Number one, pray specifically for opportunities to love others by serving them. Just as Christ has served you and paid the ultimate price for your salvation, I want you to pray for an opportunity for you to serve someone else this week. It could be as easy as helping someone to their car, being a friendly face. But I promise you, if you pray for it, there will be a need that will rise that you can meet. And I challenge you to meet that need this week. So pray for opportunities to love other people. Number two, I want you to spend some time in prayer and thank God for Jesus' sacrifice for you. That ultimate example of service that he paid. I just want you to get alone with God sometime this week and just spend some time letting him know how thankful you are for him. Sometimes we neglect to do this. And now is a good as any, good a time of year as any to tell God how thankful you are for him and really show appreciation to your Savior for that sacrifice that he has paid. And number three, Pray that you would reflect on that gospel, that price that Christ paid, that you would reflect on it daily. And as a response to what Christ has done, that you would find those opportunities. So pray for your chance to serve someone. Spend some time and thank God for what He has done for you. And then every day this week, don't forget to reflect on that price that's been paid. 
that you can live this week a thankful life, appreciative life, taking full advantage of the opportunity that you have to make a difference in this world. Guys, I think every generation has said it. Our world is in such a sad state. What are we going to do about it? Well, Christian, it's our responsibility to do something. Let's not wait on our secular culture to make a difference in our society. Let's do it together. Let's do it with thankfulness and love, the love of Jesus that's paid the price for us and showed us how to serve. I challenge you to do that this week and throughout the month of November. As Thanksgiving is on the mind of everyone, you have an incredible opportunity to share with others how thankful you are for Jesus. Don't miss that opportunity. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you so much for the day. Father, for a day to live for you, a day to serve you. I pray that we wouldn't take this day for granted and that we wouldn't waste it. But we would follow your example and find an opportunity to serve, not because we want to further our name or our kingdom, but because we love you and because we want to follow you. So, Father, give us that chance this week. Open our eyes to the world around us and give us an opportunity to make an impact for the good. In your son's name we pray. Amen. So as we trans-